Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Winnie and Winnie had a rather interesting paranormal encounter while she was having a sleepover. Winnie, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. It's cool to have you on. This is the the way I introduced that. It kind of made it sound like we're about to start a horror movie because that it kind of seems like this is the the start to to quite a terrifying uh, tale. So, Winnie, what happened when you were younger? When you're living in this, uh, I guess, this historical house? Yeah. So it it sounds pretty spooky, but at the time we really like didn't even realize that something strange was going on so yeah the house itself was really really old um it's tiny it was the tiny little cottage with kind of like um uneven floors and like really a strangely structured little cottage um i think at the time when we were living there it would have been easily a hundred years old if not older um and yeah, I had I would have been maybe about ten, and I had two of my friends sleep over after there was like a community event thing on, so we went to that. We had a sleepover, and um, it was just like a normal kitty sleepover. Like we were trying to stay up late in my bedroom, so we were listening to music and whatever. And then my parents, I think it was my mum, came came over and said okay you guys need to be quiet like if you want to stay up that's fine but you need to be quiet turn the lights off you know kind of hoping that we would just fall asleep because we'd had a big day um so it kind of turned into a bit of a game where we were like just sitting up talking doing whatever and then when we heard someone in the house we would quickly turn off all the lights and jump into bed and pretend that we were asleep so it was getting pretty late like it would have been well after midnight And we had the lamp on and we were talking and stuff. And then we would hear, um, like, footsteps going down from the front of the house, which is where my parents' room was, um, kind of down past my bedroom and out to the back through to the laundry and back door. And that's pretty normal, a normal sound for me to hear. And often my dad would get up really early for his job and he'd get up, put his boots on, you'd hear him stomping around. He'd often leave through the back to get to his car and then he would leave, like leave for work really early in the morning. So we heard this like stomping of these boots and we like all turned off the light and jumped into bed and like heard the boots go down the hallway and then out. 
And so we like carefully, quietly gone up again and turned the light on again. And then it happened again. And because we weren't really paying attention, we were just like being silly with each other, like playing and talking and whatever. We just jumped into bed and turned the lights off and pretended like we were asleep. And like the heavy boots, like walked down the hall again. And I remember thinking at the time, like, what is he doing? Usually, you know, it would just be gets up, gets his stuff, shoes on, out the door, leaves. And I remember thinking, like, why is he like back in the house again? Like, what's going on? Thinking he must have forgotten something or whatever. And I'm fairly sure it would have happened. I remember jumping in and out of bed like numerous times. So maybe it could have been three or four times even. Um, And we could hear like keys jangling and these really heavy footfalls down the, the hallway, which had floorboards. So it was really unmistakable sound. And, you know, the door swinging a bit as he went, as the, you know, the footsteps moved out the back through the back door. And then, um, yeah, we really thought nothing of it. Like, we didn't go out and look. We were just pretending to be asleep, thinking that we were getting away with it because no one was coming to knock on the door and tell us to seriously go to bed now because it was like 3 a.m. Um, so eventually we did fall asleep. And then in the morning we got up and my dad was there. And I was like, oh, like, I thought that you'd gone to work. And he was like, no. And I thought, oh, and then, you know, in retrospect, I was like, it is a, we, you know, the sleepover was on a Saturday. He would have been up for work on a Saturday at 3 a.m. anyway. So I just thought it was super weird. I really don't think I even, I thought it was strange and I just thought, oh, like, okay. And in your kiddie mind, like, I just didn't really question it any further until many and all my and my two friends that were with me they could hear it as well like it was unmistakable it was just so loud and normal sounding that we just all believed it was my dad but um a few months down the track we were actually house sitting for some people that we'd met in the town um so eventually the owner came back and we moved out and um, we were talking to the owner's daughter, who would, would have been in her mid-20s, I think. And she actually pulled my mum aside and sort of said to her, like, oh, did you... And I was part of this conversation, like, did you experience anything strange in the house? And my mum was... Mum's a bit, like, not really, like, you know, she's not a hardcore sceptic, but she's not really, you know, kind of... In- this way inclined and she was kind of like oh no I don't really think so why do you ask and this woman explained that the times that she had stayed there with her mum you know for periods of time she'd lived there and then gone away again and lived there and she said that she'd often heard really heavy footsteps down the hall and it was just her mother living there there was no men living there there was no you know no one wearing big heavy work boots um and she would hear, yeah, these heavy footfalls throughout the night and um, jangling of keys. And she would also hear at day or night the this kind of whistling tune, which at the time she whistled it for us. She's like, I, can, I will always remember this tune. Like it was really obviously a very significant experience for her, but I really just thought it was really interesting and thought, wow, that's curious. And then I think it must have hit me a fair while later that I thought it could have been month, it could have even been a year, I'm not sure, where I thought, oh my God, I remembered that experience of having the sleepover and hearing the heavy footfalls down the hallway back and forth and the door opening and keys jangling and it not being dad so it all kind of hit me like a ton of bricks a lot later on and I thought oh my god like and I just wished I had remembered it to tell her at the time um yeah it was very strange (laughs) it would have been such a weird moment to kind of have that light bulb go off and go oh my gosh what was that because does that make you kind of question anything else that happened in that house then it, it did and I would look I would try to remember like did I ever hear it another time and because I did he- hear my dad getting up for work early a lot 
it started make me question like was was it actually dad all of those times that I'd heard it? Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, could it have been something else and I just never even even gave it a second thought. But in that house, I really loved living in that house. There was never anything that made me feel frightened or and this is what the daughter of the owner said as well, like she didn't feel frightened. Um it was just this kind of repetitive um, sound where it's that kind of residual, you know, I don't, can't remember what the term is for it, but it just, it was that same experience that she had again and again. And like her, I never felt fear in that house. I never felt like any strange feelings. It was definitely an extremely old house and it had a long history. It was very, it was just this very old and peculiar cottage. Um, it was actually right next to a church as well, so we would always hear, like, on a Sunday, the church bells ringing and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it did make me second guess or s- sort of think over any if that I could remember anything else happening there, and I really can't. But it, de- it, it did make me think, like, maybe all of, all, you know, the things that I had assumed were normal, maybe there was something else going on and I just never realized. (laughs) You know, sometimes ignorance is bliss because when it comes to, when it comes to hauntings, and I'm not saying this is the case for every haunting, but some of them, when you start to notice it and you start to pay attention to it, that's when things can go a little crazy. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm glad because I was really young, I think if I had been more like aware of what it could be or had, if that woman had told us that story before I'd moved in, I would have probably been quite worried or I would have been interpreting every little thing as something, um, you know, paranormal when perhaps it was just a normal experience. So I'm glad that it kind of at least let me be objective in a way. Um, as well, so that I wasn't like seeking it out in every little thing that I heard or saw there. Um, but yeah, I think as, as a young kid, I'm glad that it was just, I just had a good time and I wasn't scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's the the great thing about that experience is that it didn't tarnish your time in that house. It didn't make you feel scared of living there because being so young, being so impressionable, it could have a could have had a, a really negative effect on you. Yeah, for sure. And I was, I have always been interested in that kind of thing. And so, actually, like when the, this woman told us about it, I was like, "Darn, I didn't experience anything." Like, I wish I did. And then afterwards, I was like, "Hang on a second, like, wait," because I remember the night and I remember the confusion the next day, thinking just doesn't make any like damn sense (laughs) but um she also went on to tell us that she had done a little bit of research into the into the cottage and um it's actually now got my my parents still live in the town it's a really tiny old town in the mid-north of south australia um and they've got like a little plaque out the front of the cottage now because it's really old and it was built for um as, a, as like a place of residence for staff at the jail that was there. So in this in Gladstone, there's this really old jail, which is no longer in use. I can't remember when they stopped using it, but it's pretty small. Um, but apparently this little cottage was um, lived in by an officer of that, that like, yeah, like a guard or an officer or, you know, someone that worked at the jail. So... For her, this woman that was telling us about it, she kind of connected the dots that, you know, they're putting on their boots, they're like big heavy work boots, they're like, you know, part of their uniform and their keys and all that kind of thing, which to me makes total sense. Um, And I think that was partly why as well maybe it wasn't a scary thing because this person was just getting up for work (laughs) and, you know, maybe did it day after day after day um, and it just had that like residual energy imprinted in in the in the in the floorboards <laughs> yeah absolutely because 
uh, like residual hauntings. It's kind of like a a moment in time being lived over and over and over again, and that is exactly what this sounds like. Yeah, I think so. It definitely, yeah. I and and I'm kind of glad I I've gone and tried to do a little bit of research myself into you know maybe who lived there, like an actual name, but. I, I haven't found anything online because it, it's such a small town and a small place. Um, possi- possibly if I went to Gladstone, went to the council, maybe they'd have some information in their archives or something. But, um, yeah, to me it just is sort of like, yeah, this leftover, um, yeah, routine of this man. <laughs> it's a It's a really cool encounter and it just goes to show that you know, not every haunting is a bad one. It's not a scary one. It's just you're sharing sometimes the most mundane experience of someone's life over and over again. Yeah. I mean, maybe he hated his job or maybe it was stressful. <laughs> every day he was like getting, you know, anxious about going to work. I don't know. And maybe that's why it left a bit of a <laughs> an imprint in the maybe. face. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't scary and it was just, it's just really curious and and um yeah strange <laughs> well something that has me very curious is your other set of encounters that have been happening a little bit more recently so do you mind if we we start to go down that road and talk a little bit about that and now a quick word from our sponsor quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm a worker and this all started when I was working in what we call like a residential care home or house, which is a normal, completely normal house on a street, um, but it's set up for children or young people who can't live with their family um, for whatever reason. So, that might be um, because their family has been unsafe or there's been experiences of abuse and that kind of thing. So um, it's a normal house, but it's kind of not normal in that in that sense. Um, youth workers look after the, the residents that live there and um, we kind of work on a roster, um, eight-hour shifts, um, so it all started at this house and, and when I first started working there, a few people had said to me like, oh, I get a weird vibe about this place, like I think it's haunted. And I just, even though I'm kind of, in, I'm interested in that kind of thing, I really put it down to there is so much um, energy. There's a lot of, you know, these kids have been through some some really upsetting stuff Um they have a lot of behavioural issues as a result of it through no fault of their own. Um, but, you know, they're dealing with memories and experiences that are just really, really tough. So, um, and then aside from that, they're living with people that they they don't know necessarily. So, it can be, it's a very, very tough for the it, for the kids and it's, it's a tough job to do. It's emotional. It's, um, yeah, pretty full on. So, I kind of put it down to a lot of emotion a lot of um, being on high alert um, from both, you know, from staff, from from young people. So I sort of was like, oh, you know, I think it's just we're, you know, people get a bit in there, you know, get a bit freaked out sometimes. But as I 
was working there more and more, I started to experience, it started off like really, really small stuff. Like if I was in the house, you know, during the day on a day shift and my, the person that I was working with, they went off to do something. The kids were at school. I was just there in the house, maybe cleaning. You know, I would get the sensation that there was someone behind me and I would turn expecting my colleague to be behind me about to say hi I'm back or you know someone to have gotten home from school or whatever and there'd be no one around and I think oh that's strange and then that happened a lot and I would hear as well you know when I was down you know the end the bedroom end of the house I would hear the front door open so I would call out and say hello like thinking someone was coming home you know it was a pretty casual environment and sometimes staff from other placements would come around and we tried to keep it as much of a home environment as possible so I'd call out and then there'd no, be no one there and I'd go and check the front door and be like oh what the hell like no one's here and that would happen a lot um, and I would just have this really strong sensation that there was someone either directly behind me or coming in even hearing the I don't know if it was footsteps or if it was like the shifting of the ground, you know, when you can hear the the floor moving in a familiar way when you know someone's walking down the hallway. It was just those kind of sounds and indicators that would tell you like someone was getting home or someone was walking in and there was never anyone there. So again, I was just like, oh, coincidence, like this is just, you know, it could happen, you know, doesn't mean anything. Um, but we would, I would also do night shifts um and on these night shifts you, you could you could go to sleep from your like from the, for the passive passive period is what we would call it um so you didn't have to stay awake all night um but i would often find when i was like the kids were all asleep and i was like okay i'm going to sleep now i would just be laying in bed and have the most strongest sensation of like dread or fear like just wash over me and you know, again, it was something that I thought, okay, like some days you might have had a really tough shift and think, okay, this is just a bit of emotional upheaval. My my brain is kind of just sorting through the emotion of the day. But it was sometimes just so out of place and such a strong wash of feeling. And, and often it was fear, like this strong sense of fear that I was like, I'm not feeling fearful right now. Like I don't know why I'm getting this really strong sense of like, terror um so it all sort of started like kind of adding up um as well overnight i would while you're there you don't sleep that heavily because you know if the kids have to get up you have to get up and help them for whatever reason so and sometimes you know some of the some of the times they'd be a bit cheeky and just get up to mischief so you kind of be listening like you'd be half asleep kind of listening out for anything um and often again down this same hallway that kind of connects the back end of the house to the front end of the house you would hear a few footsteps like maybe just three and I would listen like you know prick my ears up and listen and think oh any moment now there's going to be a knock on the door saying oh can you come put me back to bed or whatever and there would be nothing and I'd go open the door and no one was up you know, everyone is still asleep. I think, oh, this is so strange. And just this this shifting in the hallway and, and these light, light footsteps that I would think that somebody's there. Um, so, again, all of these things I kind of thought, oh, I'm getting in my head. Like, I can just kind of make excuses for this stuff or put, attribute it to something else. Um, but I often did talk about it with people that we would hear footsteps overnight and that we would feel like someone was watching us or feel like there was someone else in the house and I wasn't the only person to to experience that um I did like also think you know when I was getting this fear washing over me I just try to put out like it's okay like there's nothing to be afraid of like I'm not like I just try to put out good feelings I don't know why just that was my natural inclination to do that um and then one day I this was just like a normal day. I was sitting at the table. It's kind of hard to describe this verbally, like the the way that the house was set up so that you can get a good idea of what the what I experienced. But 
I was sitting at a kitchen table. It was probably two o'clock in the afternoon. And from my view, I could see through the kitchen, out through a window, um, that the window just looked out basically onto a fence. So there was nothing really out there. Um, It was just the side fence. um, And both from the front yard and from the backyard, this section down the side of the house was closed off with a gate because the air conditioner and stuff was in the air conditioning unit was there and just didn't need to be accessed by kids who might be a bit mischievous so it was actually locked and you had to get in with a specific lock um to the padlock if you wanted to get to the air conditioner or into that section so no one ever walked through there so I'm sitting at the table I'm kind of talking to the kids who are to my right kind of in the lounge area but I can see straight through the kitchen through the window at the fence Um, And out of the corner of my eye, I can see, like, someone walking down this section of the fence. And I kind of quickly turn and look, thinking, oh, someone's opened the gate. And I just glimpse, like, as they're kind of gone from left to right and they're now going out of view, this – it wasn't anyone, it was just – a kind of dark figure but this was during the day it was just in the afternoon so there was no light there was no shadow falling particularly on this this section there was no shadow that could have come from anywhere else I could see straight through the center of the house there was no one walking inside the house it was just completely and at first I just thought no and then I thought hang on a second wait like that's really strange I got up and I looked out the window I checked the gates everything was closed everything was locked but I could definitely see this dark figure kind of move from left to right across this window my my first impression was that it was outside of the window between the house and the fence and walking in an area where no one has access to and when I tried to really capture my attention on it it was just a dark shape. I couldn't, there was no distinguishing features. It was just dark, like a shadow. So that kind of, you know, I was like, okay, this is new. <laughs> um, and it didn't really frighten me because I just sort of thought, okay, well, it's not doing anything. It's just walking along. And I, at the end of the day, I'm working. I can't freak out. I can't even, I don't even mention it really, aside from discreetly going to check, you know, the gates because I'm working with kids. I'm not going to, you know, tell them something like that and freak them out. Um, but I did mention it to a couple of my colleagues who were like, oh God, like, I don't want to know. Like, you know, no, nobody else had, had seen anything like that as far as I knew. Um, and all of this is kind of, I worked there for about five years. So, Sometimes I wouldn't experience anything for months at a time and then sometimes it would be like a few days or a few shifts in a row. I would, you know, hear hear some footsteps and get the feeling that there was someone behind me and, you know, just all of that stuff and then it would go months at a time with nothing and it just seemed to slowly, very slowly get more intense. Um, So I reckon it would have been, it would have been months if not, like a year later, um, I had another experience, which was, again, kind of complicated to explain verbally, but the front bedroom, like the master bedroom of this house, we used as like the staff, the staff room basically. So it had some desks in there and computers and stuff. And when you would get on shift, you would walk through the front door to your, and then in the like kind of you'd walk in the front door and then turn right down a very short hallway into the master bedroom and you know you'd sign in you'd drop your stuff blah 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 and I just I think I was just I can't remember if I was finishing my shift or I don't know with me and another colleague was sitting in that office space and in the master bedroom there was um some windows that looked out onto the front yard so when people were walking down the front path to the front door if you were in the office you would see them and 
I was talking to this person who was sitting facing the windows. The windows were to my, to, sort of to my left. And out of, again, out of like my peripheral vision, I had this feeling or like this, I noticed something, tr- you know, triggered my attention that I felt like there was someone walking down the path to the front door. And I looked over my shoulder, no one there. I thought, oh, weird. And then it kind of happened again and I looked again and I thought, there's no one there. I don't know what I'm seeing. And with that, when I'm thinking those thoughts, thinking, oh, there's nothing there, I hear a sound in the in the space when, when you open the front door, you can kind of move left, right or sharp right and in that space in you know just as you open the front door there was a sound and I thought what the hell when I look through the office door down the hall and there's no one there my my colleague's like what are you doing and I'm like oh I, I just thought someone was coming in the door I sit back down and then I'm, my attention is on him again because he's talking to me and another I can't even exactly explain what draws my attention. It's just that feeling of someone being there or just that sort of movement in your peripheral vision that triggers your attention. So I look again to my left to the office door and I can hear the like creaking, shifting of the floor as if someone's stepping there. And I think I'm going crazy. (laughs) And I turn my attention to my colleague again. And as I do... He's not He's not touching the desk. He's just sitting in an office chair, almost in like the middle of the space, like relaxed, we're chatting. Um, but as I turn my attention back to him on the desk, there's a little bottle of hand sanitizer. And it's just everything's still, everything's normal. But this hand sanitizer, like little pump bottle, just it's like someone's bumped it and it, it like, but, um, it gets knocked like, right left right left right left as it like balances itself again so imagine if someone lightly tapped it just enough to push it off center it doesn't fall over and it just like rocks itself back into its normal position and I just was like staring at it and he's like what 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 and I and I tried to explain like and the thing about this was that I worked there so often and I I knew like the the timing it took for someone to walk down the path through the front door turning right down the small hallway in the office door and then dump their stuff on the desk and it was it was that timing it was you know the first my first moment looking over my shoulder through the window thinking someone's walking down the front path you know and then hearing a sound in the you know around where the doorway was and then hearing a sound as if someone was moving in the short in into the office and then you know it was it was exactly that kind of motion or like path of movement and timing it was just so strange and I explained everything that I just experienced to him and he was like oh no like I have to sleep here tonight like I don't want to know like we were all just trying to bury our head in the sand um but it was I can't explain it like he was sitting a meter if not more away from the desk like he wasn't up at the desk he wasn't touching the desk nothing else had moved it just as was this as if someone had just poked it gently with their hand just enough to knock it off balance and then it rocked slowly back like left right left right right until it was standing straight again and it was yeah really weird and that was again where we just went okay well that was really weird we don't know we don't know let's just go on with our shift like nothing's happened <laughs> um and then the most the most strange and just like i it makes me feel a bit like queasy even thinking about it now um yeah the most strange experience and the last really like unexplainable experience that I had at that house would have been maybe it would have been less than a year ago um it would have been about 9 30 at night and um with the young people that were living there at the time 
they could be a bit cheeky and sometimes after you put them to bed they'd get up and they'd go into each other's rooms and they'd be silly and stuff. So I was just sitting between the bedrooms um, in the kind of hallway section between the two rooms. I was just sitting on the ground on my butt, like on my phone writing notes because each day we would write case notes about about the clients. So I was just sitting there doing that. It was pretty dark because everyone was going to bed. The only light that was on around me was just to my left. Um, There was a door into the toilet. Um, So that light was on and the door was like half closed. So it was pretty dark and just quiet. And I was sitting there writing away. I was about to get up because the kids were, you know, definitely asleep. Um, But all of a sudden in my left ear, I hear someone say, like that. Now, my name is Win, but everyone calls me Winnie. And everyone at this, where I worked at this place, everyone called me Winnie. Like, I don't even think people realized that my name wasn't Winnie. Like, that was just a nickname. Everyone called me Winnie. The kids called me Winnie. Every, the staff did everyone. No one even really, a few people knew that my name was just Win, but yeah. So, I, and it was so loud and real sounding that I looked I kind of squinted into the darkness to my left thinking like the colleague that I was working with had who was down the front of the house in the office had like come down and was trying to get my attention for some reason and because the light from the toilet was kind of kind of shining I couldn't quite see into the dark and I was squinting and there was no one there I thought okay that was really really strange and I just sat there kind of stunned not really knowing what to do and like questioning myself like did I really hear that or what and then as I'm you know thinking about it the toilet light just flicks off and I was like oh shit and then now I'm in complete darkness like I can't even see anything at all like oh god I'm gonna have to like get up and fumble my way to find a light switch and then it turns on again I'm like okay you know my like rational mind is saying oh you know the light's gonna the globe is gonna blow soon you know not a big deal and then I think okay I'm gonna get up and go back to the office now like I think (laughs) I've had enough of this and as I start standing up the light starts flashing in the toilet on off on off on off on off off like really intense just going on and off on and off on and off and I again just trying to like be calm not like freak out I just (laughs) turn it off (laughs) I just turn the toilet light off instead I turn because it had a toilet bathroom separate so I leave the toilet light off turn on the bathroom light leave that you know on for the kids and I just walk away (laughs) but yeah I just went back to the office and I didn't even mention it to the colleague because they had to do the night shift I didn't want to skip them and then I left and I got in my, when it was time for me to clock off, I got in my car and I was just like, what the, you know, hell. It was so real, the voice, and then paired with the light flicking on and off like that. It was just bizarre. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There is so much to, to break down here, Winnie, because I wanted to jump in a lot. But yeah, you just sorry. you just kept going, and it just kept getting more intense. I can't believe it. So, God, where do I start? Um, so <laughs> these these houses that you're that you're working in, like they're they're usually places of like not great energy, just in general, because you know these are these are kids who have been displaced for usually pretty terrible reasons so you know it's it's not surprising that you know there's a sense of negative energy about the place and it almost seems like whatever this is this this entity was getting obviously more brazen with you over time like with you seeing it outside out the corner of your eye and like kind of going down the the side of the house and then moving the hand sanitizer and then 
whispering in your ear. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how you could stand to be in that place like another second. Like, not only did it just like whisper in your ear, it said your name. Like, it's got a, it's got a sentience to it. It's got an intelligence to it to learn and understand. Like, that's, that's terrifying in its own sense. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, and just the fact that it, it called me win, like nobody in that place called me that. Like really the only people that call me that are like my family and my parents kind of thing. So that was really, that really freaked me out because I was like, how, how could it, or, you know, how could it know that? I mean, I had had that conversation with people in the house. Like, I, you know, I, people would ask me about my name because it's not a particularly common name. And, you know, we'd have that conversation. But for the most part, that was, you know, most people just called me Winnie. Like, it, it, it was just that kind of, yeah, that knowledge really, really freaked me out. And I genuinely, like, thought the the girl the woman that I was working with was like trying to get my attention and I just couldn't see her because of the way the light was falling and you know I looked into the darkness expecting her to be there and say hey like come over you know it was so real and yeah it was like someone was just right there whispering into my ear it was strange and it does it did seem to just grow in in, like you said, like an intelligence or like a... At first, I kind of really put it down to, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of intense energy in his house, a lot of, you know, negativity and painful memories and, you know, just intensity and upset feelings and, you know... All that kind of thing and I thought, sort of thought maybe this is manifesting maybe this is just even me being on on like high alert and pre- hearing every little sound in the house and, and assuming it was something when maybe the house was shifting and to be honest this house was a noisy creaky like noisy house I've never experienced a house that made so much noise it would overnight there'd be pops and cracks and sounds that would kind of pop you up out of your sleep and but that stuff you know I'm pretty confident it's just you know the house shifting after a hot day and you know that kind of thing you know pipes cooling or whatever it is but yeah just the way it kind of grew the the thing the 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 instances kind of yeah intensified with time and, and like I said before, it was a long period of time that I was working there, so it wasn't. It was a slow, um, a slow development. Yeah, over like a, many a gradual years. build up. Yeah, very gradually, and yeah, it it didn't. And I don't know if it didn't scare me because in that kind of job, you have to be really in control of your emotions because, you know whether you're dealing with a behavior or you're dealing with an upset child or whatever, like you have to be the strong one. So you uh, really, really have to be like in control of your emotions for, from for those eight hours that you're there or whatever, however long it be. So I, I, it was, you know, I could kind of like white knuckle it and be like, okay, just, you know, it's all good. I'm going to be fine. Um, but at times I also didn't feel like there was any, I didn't feel like, it was a like a like there was nothing bad to it yeah like I just didn't think that there was something intentionally trying to frighten or intentionally you know evil or anything like that and I don't know if I really kind of subscribe to that kind of idea or any way that things you know are inherently evil or things like that so but it definitely, to me, if I were to, like, follow my kind of intuition or my impression about it, it was it was like something was trying to, trying to reach out. Um, 
And I think because I was getting more and more conscious of it, maybe that's what gave it the ability. I don't know. I'm really, (laughs) you know, the more you kind of try to um, analyse it and give it answers and, you know, make it make sense, the more you kind of think, no, this doesn't make any bloody sense (laughs) at all. (laughs) That's that's the the wonderful thing about the paranormal is that the... the, the more you try to put it into a box, like, the weirder that box gets. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, at times I discuss it with people, like, you know, what do you think? And and some people would be very like, oh, yeah, it's definitely haunted and, like, we should, you know, you know, sage the house or, like, maybe we could do this or that. And I just didn't think that there was anything necessarily, like, you know, really bad about it. To me, it was, yeah, something that, and that's why I think when I would, I would get those waves of emotion overnight, I almost wanted, and maybe because I'm a youth worker and like, you know, it's my inclination to, to like help people feel better. Um, I sort of wanted to like put out like, it's okay. Like you're like, you're safe and just try to put out like love. I don't know. It sounds kind of like, you know, daggy when i say it but that's kind of how it felt to me no i totally get it and i i think anyone who's had experiences like with the paranormal and you know uh like empathetic to it would would feel like everything that they do in like after they've done it would feel daggy so yeah Yeah, don't, don't don't feel like you're you're on your own because i can imagine there's a there's a huge amount of people who are kind of like, no, nah, you've you've done the right thing. Mm. But yeah. I, I do have to ask, like, without diverging too much information, like, what was the, the age groups of the children who lived in that house? Um, so because I was there for so long, they some of the kids that were there, they were there from like twelve until eighteen. So about 12, 11, um, I'm not sure. But, you know, that kind of teenage right through to 18 when they moved out. And we had some, we had another young person that lived there who was um, a bit below 10. Um, and then, you know, there's some sometimes kids come and go. Um, but consistently there were these two young people who, yeah, they were there about 12, and 11 and um, right through. And something that was kind of, I've like as I've reflected on this, is that some of what the experiences were were kind of the same kinds of things that, like, the kids would do, like, you know, come into the office and, like, knock your water bottle over. Like, just silly things like that, Um you know, or maybe go or like get, you know, jump the fence and jump the gate and then be like, ha ha, through the window. Like, I'm in this spot that I'm not meant to be. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Or like, yeah, sneak up on you and make you jump or like go, hey, in your ear. And like, that's all kind of kiddie stuff. And there was a, as I reflected on it, I was thought like, yeah, there's a kind of parallel or like a similarity between those experiences and, and like what just, you know, kids in any situation, like any kind of kid does. Um, which I thought was interesting as well. Do do you know the history of the the children who lived there in say yesteryear and like kind of moved on with their lives? Do you know if anything happened to them? Um. Well, the house. All I know is that the house, like the house, had only been used in the, like in the, in that capacity with as a as a resi care placement for about a year prior to why I started working there. So before that, it was just a regular house that was owned by a regular family. Yeah, so it hadn't been in use particularly long for that reason. Um, and, you know, a couple of the kids that had lived there had been like the first kids to move in. So there wasn't a long history in that way, but I have no idea about the history before that. I have absolutely no clue. Um, yeah, I've got no idea. <laughs> Because it's a crazy idea, but I had a I had a thought that if the house had been there a while, had a lot of children kind of go through it, 
And if one of those people have grown up, has passed on, this could have been a, a moment of happiness for them. And they don't want to move on from there. Yeah. I mean, it could that would that would be a that would be an interesting and like, you know, that would be a kind of logical or not logical, but you know, that would make sense in a way, but as far as I know, yeah, that, that it was opened about a year before I started working there and yeah, prior to that it was just a regular house. So um and I know pretty much I yeah, I know all of the clients that live there. Um, and then most of them are still pretty young. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anything like that has happened, but it doesn't mean that there isn't something left over from well prior to it being um, bought by the agency that I worked for. So, yeah, it would be interesting to find out the history um, of the house, but I wouldn't even know where to begin. I wouldn't even, yeah, know where to begin on that one. No. Absolutely. Totally get that. But Winnie, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Your your encounters are truly fascinating. And the fact that this house is the type of house that it is, I am not surprised by the amount of energy in there and the the fact that it has led to some type of entity having an involvement. Is, mm. is rather interesting. Yeah, and yeah, I just yeah, I, I wonder if it's an intense and like a spirit, or if it's you know that energy that was in with in that house manifesting into something, um, or like we were saying earlier, you know, all of that energy drawing something in. I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.